Last week I did teach about thrones and um, wanted to talk a little more about thrones because here we are talking about grace and blessing. And it tells us, let me start in Hebrews 4 verse 16. It says, this is the message, this is the Amplified Bible. Therefore, let us with privilege approach the throne of grace. This is God's throne of gracious favour. How good is that? That with confidence and without fear, so that we might receive mercy and find his amazing grace to help in time of need, an appropriate blessing coming just at the right moment. I like that in the Amplified. That's in brackets. How good is that? How many of you say, I just want to have an appropriate blessing at the right moment? (laughs) At the right moment. That's what we want. You know, that's awesome. You know, that happened to um, our family and we've got lots of exciting stories where we've seen God's grace and his mercy come just at the right moment, just at the right time. And can I say how important it is for our children to experience this and for our grandchildren to experience this as well. And um, learning to put those things into your kids and your grandkids can be a challenge. But when we were in America, I can remember taking um, Sally, who was um, at university, I think at that stage, she was at Colorado State, taking her out because she needed to buy a new car. And we were, she was living in Loveland. Don't you love that? Loveland is the, is the um, city where on Valentine's Day all the mail goes through Loveland <laughs> because they all want a Loveland stamp on there. <laughs> on their card to their loved one. How funny is that? So they lived in Loveland, which is just so sweet. Anyway, it's not a very big town, but it's on a beautiful lake at the foothills of the Rocky Mountains and very picturesque. And Sally wanted a new car. And so we went out looking for a new car. It was fun because there was a car lot on every corner, as there is in a lot of American towns. And we spent the morning looking for this car that for her. And she couldn't find anything she liked. So we went at 9 o'clock. By 12 o'clock, I was done. You know, I was like, I'm sick of this. Not a very big town. We walked around, couldn't find anything. So we stopped in the, on a corner and I said, Sally, tell us, what sort of car do you want? And she goes, well, I think I'd like a Jeep. I said, excellent, good choice. Didn't know a thing about Jeeps. But a Jeep sounded good to me. I said, what colour do you want? And she thought about it for a few more minutes and she goes, I'd like a red one. I said, okay, excellent, we like a red Jeep. I said, now how much money would you like to spend? She goes, "Um, 5,000. I went, okay. So we had a red Jeep, $5,000 and we said, Lord, we pray for this car. And right there on the corner we just prayed for it and asked, bearing in mind we have walked all of Loveland, looking for a vehicle. I had never seen a red car on the car lot anywhere. We went around the corner and there was a car lot across diagonally a corner and right in the front was a red Jeep. So we walked up to the, to the car yard, talked to the, the, the assistant and we said, how much would you like for the red Jeep? And he goes, 5000 And we just went, I think we found your car. And it was as simple as that. She bought the car. And that car was a great car, wasn't it? For a lot of years. It was a great car. You know, 
an appropriate blessing at just the right moment just speaks volumes to all of us. I don't think just for our kids, but Sally still talks about that today, how God met her at the point of her need and she wanted something. And, and I, do, I, do, I do love it. I've got a few others, but God wants to establish his throne in our heart. And from that throne, it says that God's throne flows out It says it'll be established in the top of the mountains. You know, when we establish God's throne in our hearts, what flows out from the throne is blessing and mercy and goodness. It flows from the throne. Let me give you a couple of scriptures because I want God's throne making judgments over my life every day. (laughs) Daniel 9.9 says, To the Lord our God belongs mercy and forgiveness though we have rebelled against him. How good is that? To the Lord our God belongs mercy and forgiveness. His throne is just full of mercy. It's not full of judgment. God is not against you. God wants to help you. That's the God we serve. And, and, and I want his throne established. And when he does good things, when he does nice things like that for your kids, you sit there and go, man, that's That's my God. That's the God I want to serve. That's the God I want to portray to my world. A God who's full of goodness. You know, not a God who's who's, um, taking from us and, um, you know, and and making judgments against us. God's throne is beautiful. You know, we read about that this morning. And I don't know whether I have to probably paint the picture for you, but Revelation 4 talks about God's throne and how beautiful it is and that before it is a sea of glass and it's full of stones and emeralds and gems and all around about it and it sparkles and and there's thousands upon thousands around the throne singing worship to God. What a magnificent throne. God's throne is magnificent and you know and it tells us that you know Satan decided that he wanted to have a throne just like God's probably because it was set amongst all the rubies and the sparkles and the gems, you know. I want a throne just like that one. Sometimes we want our own throne. But, you know, there's nothing better than God's throne. And so he says, let's come to this throne of grace. I like it. God wants to bless us. So how can we be just the recipients of God's mercy and how can we allow it to flow out to others? You know, We want, you know, the enemy wants to probably stop blessings from coming to you, I'd say. When I was a kid, I used to get bullied as a kid. And um, we lived out of town. And I remember travelling by bus and um, about half an hour. And I would get picked up. And this one girl, there's just one, isn't there? If you've ever been bullied... It's just one, just one goes after you. She would, at the end, when we'd come to my bus stop coming home from school, she would steal my bag and the bus driver would force me to get off the bus without my bag. So consequently, I would have been hassling to try to get my bag back from this kid and she wouldn't give it to me and in the end, he'd make me get off the bus and I'd just be in tears by the time. And then the bus would drive off and when it's down the gravel road a little way, she'd chuck it out the window. And I'd have to. This went on for probably 
couple of years, I guess, on and off. I was bullied by this girl. She was not pleasant. I saw her a few years ago and she wasn't still pleasant. <laughs> but I've forgiven her. <laughs> She's still a bully. Isn't that weird? Still that same spirit was around her. And, um, but can I say to you, there's things in our life that bully us that try to stop God's throne from being established in our life and try to stop the good things that God has from us, for us from coming to us. Let me give you a, a little picture of um, in Esther chapter 2 because God's desire is to bless. But the enemy... The people of God, this story of Esther, and I'm sure most of you would know this story. I feel like I'm probably preaching to the converted a bit here. Um, But if you aren't familiar with the story of Esther, Esther was chosen by God to do a job. And you will discover that once God establishes his throne inside of you, his blessings want to flow out from you. So you not only become a recipient of God's blessings... But now you must also become a steward of God's blessing to others. And Esther, um, the people of Israel were in captivity. God's people, Israel in the Old Testament is a type of, of God's people. They were in captivity and the word got out that there was a plan afoot to destroy the people of God. There's always a plan afoot to destroy you, Okay. Just want you to know that. If you're thinking of getting saved, I just want you to know that once you give your life to Jesus, you step into a zone. It's called a war zone. (laughs) Because the enemy does not want you to receive the blessings that come from his throne. And you're going to spend your life learning a few lessons. But it tells us that Esther was chosen by um, the king. I'm not going to go through the whole story, but... King Azarus had a wife who displeased him, so she gets put out of the picture and they have to choose a new queen. And Esther was one of the many girls that get chosen to come before the king. And if he delighted in her, he would hold out his scepter to her and she could come in to the king and make request. So Mordecai, who is her personal guide, and in the, in the story, he's a type of the Holy Spirit. And he is there to guide her and to help her with her every decision so that she makes wise decisions when she comes in before this king. They get her prepared and it tells us in verse 17, let's have a look. Once she came in before the king, let's go back up to verse 15. It says, Esther obtained favour in the sight of all who saw her. So Esther was taken to King Azarus into the royal palace in the 10th month, which is the month of Tebeth, in the seventh year of his reign. And verse 17 says that the king loved Esther more than all the other women. And look what the next sentence is. She obtained grace and favour in his sight more than all the other virgins. So he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. She receives grace and favour. Now this 
you know, that's an amazing thing. We all know the story. When we come to Jesus, we receive grace and favour. God is good. How many of you had prayers answered like the same day when you prayed and when you first got saved? It was like, oh my God, I feel so special. <laughs> you know, God is so good. All of a sudden, you, you found access. You, you've come boldly to this throne of grace. Can you imagine coming to this throne of it's just almost intimidating. Imagine how Esther felt coming before this king, knowing that, man, she could die. But same, you know, we, we can come to, to the King Jesus not with the fear of death because death has already been taken out of the way by Jesus. So he says, now we can come in boldly to this throne of grace and favour and we sit there and think, this is amazing. God puts this fantastic spread out for us. Isn't that good? This is good news. It's good news. And so what we're saying about bullying is that the enemy is out to destroy. And see, this plan, Esther all of a sudden finds grace and favour in, in the sight of the king and he makes her queen. The blessings of God are given to you, not just so that you can enjoy them, but so that you can minister them to others. And God's blessings are for everybody. You know, in the Old Testament, I'm amazed the blessings of God are just everywhere. Oh, sorry, wrong page. Our job is to bless to bless people, to bless households, work, health, marriage, children. But there is a plan afoot to stop you from doing that. And the enemy bullies you and intimidates you and tries to make you retreat. But here we see in this picture, Mordecai gives Esther grace and favour in front of the king and she has to then set up a big plan because she's got to make a request of the king and tell him about the plan to destroy the people of God. So here is, here is Esther now being given a mandate. Can I say to you tonight, you've been given a mandate by God to destroy the enemies, not only just in your kingdom, but in the kingdom of others and those you love. Just like Esther had, she had to go in front of the king, in front of this throne and ask him to help her because all of a sudden this whole race was about to be annihilated by this one man called Haman who devised this, this wicked plan. And all of a sudden the governance of her whole people comes and start, is sitting on her shoulder all of a sudden. See, you can sit there and say, oh, I just love church. I just love God. I love being in his house. Oh, it's just good, us three. We three and thee <laughs> or us four and no more. We love his presence in his house. But, and, you know, we establish God's, I talked about this last week, we establish God's um, throne in our own life. One of the ways is by worship. Worship establishes his, thr his throne in your life. But not only does God establish his throne, he then says, I have a mandate for you. 
I have something for you to do. It's a covenant relationship and out of that relationship, see the interesting thing is when Esther had to come, she had to come before the king, all of a sudden he holds out the scepter to her and she has to come near. That can be quite scary for people. Intimacy is not always something that we are comfortable with. But intimacy is really, really important. She had to come in close to the king to hear, to be able to speak to him and to pour out her heart and say, you know, there's something going on here and I need help. And um, he holds out the scepter and, of course, once she receives grace and favour, then Mordecai takes her on this journey and tells her how to now prepare for um, the oncoming battle that's something that's going to happen which is going to destroy all the people and of course he gives her wisdom and and she calls a fast if you never know what to do and you're in trouble call a fast i reckon it's a good way jehoshaphat called a fast when they were about to be being besieged when you're being besieged fasting is a good idea because it breaks the power of the enemy and so she calls a fast and what happens eventually is the, um, the plan is exposed and Esther is actually, he, the king says to her, what is it that you want? See, out of that place of intimacy, you come to that place where the throne of God gets established in your heart and there's that intimacy and there's that relationship, there's that covenant relationship where you can say God and God says to you, what is it that you want? What is it that you desire? How many of you just say, what a place? I mean, that's a great place. You know, we can't just walk into anybody's throne room and just make a demand. You can't do it. There's got to be an intimacy. There's got to be that relationship there. And then, and, and she not only, she didn't go in for herself, although it was partly for herself, but it was her family that was her church family, it was the nation that was going to be destroyed. And so she has a mandate. God has given each of us a mandate. There's a governance, there's an anointing that he's imparted because he's set up his throne in your heart. And he's saying to you, how are you governing? God wants to bless you and give mercy. He wants to pour out his spirit and and. You know, just like that bully that came and, and just relentlessly attacked me, can I say there is bullies that will attack you time and time again and God says, you're a victim no more. He says, you can come before me and come into the throne, come boldly to the throne of grace and ask for help in time of need. You know, God has no longer made you, allowed you, you're not a victim anymore. He says, you're an overcomer. I've established my throne in your heart and out of that throne now is to flow blessings and mercy and goodness, not just to you, but to your families and your children and to your extended family, everybody. It's to flow out. But you see, there's an enemy that's got a wicked plan there, sitting there trying to stop the plan. And God says, I've anointed you. I've given you governance and a mantle to govern. I've given you an anointing. You go, oh, have I? (laughs) Shock horror. 
Has God given me something? Yes, he has. And in fact, Esther was the king eventually said to Esther, what is it you want? And she said, this plan has been set in place to destroy my people. And he says to her, what would you like? And let's turn to Esther chapter 8. 8, 8. I might talk on this next week, but it says, what happens? The king says, to Queen Esther and Mordecai the Jew. Indeed, I have given Esther the house of Haman. They have hanged him on the gallows because he tried to lay hand on the Jews. Now, you write a decree concerning the Jews as you please in the king's name and seal it with the king's signet ring. For whatever is written in the name of the king and sealed with the king's signet ring, no one can revoke. What had happened... Even though Esther now could write a decree, the people of Israel were still under threat because the original decree had gone out to destroy them. And it just reminds me of when we get saved. Jesus has died on the cross. He's taken the penalty of sin. He has destroyed the power of sin off our life. But that decree is still working. The spirit, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus sets me free, but there's another law, it's called the law of sin and death, that still operates. How many of you know, I still have to wrestle with a few things because that law of sin and death is in me. And so it was here, even though a new law has been written, Christ has superseded this old law and the, and the law of the spirit of life is now in force the other one still works. And God says to Esther, he says, I want you to write a decree in my name. It's sealed with my signet ring. And they send it out across all the territories. And you know what it allowed the people of Israel to do? It allowed them to fight back. See, God says to you tonight, you're not a victim. He said, I have made a way now for you to fight back. We don't have to be bullied by things anymore. You don't have to be bullied by the enemy that speaks and taunts in your head. You don't have to be um, bullied by sickness and disease and by all the things that the devil wants to put around your life to restrict you and to destroy you because he, he has an intent. He wants to destroy. But God says you are victims no more. He says you have the power now to write the decree. Can I tell you what that decree is? You should know. It's his word. The decree has been written already in the word of God. And he says, when God gives you a promise, that's your promise. It's for you. It's for you to defend yourself and to fight. I don't have to be bullied anymore. I've got a promise. I've got a promise. He's not going to bully me anymore. I've got a word. God says to me, what's God say to you? You see, that's... That's the, the enemy is trying to stop the blessing from flowing. But God says, I have blessed you. God wants to bless you outrageously. The blessing of God, his favour, the favour of God. He says, come boldly to my throne of grace. My favour is there for you. God's saying, I want to give you the... You know that scripture, it says, God, it's God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's God's good pleasure to give everything to you. 
So people say to me, you know, well, well, how come I'm having so much trouble getting it? You know, it's a fight. Esther and had, had um, she wrote a decree in the king's name. It got sent across the land and all of Israel said, we can defend ourselves. In fact, I should turn over the page because that's probably the best page. Are you all with me? See, this, it's a great story and it, it's a great illustration of how we, the church, have been given a, government, a governmental anointing. We do not have to just take whatever comes. You do not have to take what gets thrown at you. Why should you? Because God has made you an overcomer. He's made you victorious. And so all he says, write a decree. And over the page it says in verse seven, 11, by these letters the king permitted the Jews who were in every city to gather together and protect their lives, to destroy, kill, annihilate all the forces of the people of the province that would assault them. And the copy of the document was issued as a decree everywhere. Can I say, we don't fight against flesh and blood. We fight against principalities and powers and, and spiritual rulers and wickedness in high places. We don't fight people. We don't, you know, people like Israel Fulnayar, he's not fighting the, the Rugby Australia. He's fighting a spirit that is trying to influence people there. And your battle is not against somebody, your neighbour or your, or your kid. You know, like when you have a fight with one of your kids, I tell you what, it's, sometimes you think, whoa, where did that come from? You're dealing with a spirit realm that tries to cause destruction to your household. And you've got to learn that you can write the decree. You've got to find a promise in God's word of blessing and pray it. Put it out over the put it out over the place, you know, speak God's word. Speak it over your households. Our job is to bless. And that's what and of course Esther had written this decree and Israel then could fight against their enemies. You can fight against the bullies. I don't, want to, I don't want any bully to rule over my life. I've had bullies in my life as a kid and they were not fun. But you are not a victim. And I tell you what, a lot of the church walks around feeling like a victim because we do not understand that the throne of God has been set up in your heart and from the throne flows mercy and grace. One of the greatest ways to disarm a victim is to bless. It's to love. I mean, how great is just love to, to overcome our enemies, just love. Plenty of promises in the word about love, how to love one another and, over, and disarm our enemies. So we need to set up God's throne and bless others. You know, from our church, speak to people in the name of Jesus and bless. Great thing to do. Great thing to do. And God has called us to this because his throne has been set up in our heart. The truth is that as goodness, grace and mercy are manifest, people actually change their ways. Have you experienced that? You know, I've found people who sometimes I thought were my enemies and I've realised that they're not my enemies. There's a spirit that is trying to stir up strife and if I bless and pray for them, God says to pray for those who despitefully use you. Bless them. 
And when you do that, you'll find that God will turn things around for you. That's part of your governmental anointing that's been put upon you. How about we all stand as the band comes? God's called you to bless. And from Networks Church, where God's presence is being poured out, we speak his name and we bless. That's who we are. That's what we do. Oh, the best is yet to come.